Hello and welcome to the Maths Communications 2021 podcast, a series of podcasts where we explore various archives and collections. My name is Faith Williams and I'm joined today by Emma Storr, archivist for the Henry Moore Archive at the Studios and Gardens at Perry Green in Hertfordshire. Hello Emma, would you like to introduce yourself and talk about what you do at the Henry Moore Archive? Hello Faith, um, well I'm the archivist for the Henry Moore Archive at Studios and Gardens in Hertfordshire. I'm responsible for the management and preservation of our holdings and ensuring accessibility of our collections. Um, I oversee a small archive team and a wonderful group of volunteers. Um, And we work with and assist researchers and any other visitors to the archive. And this is made possible um, by our ongoing cataloguing and digitization programs. Um, Also, Henry Moore's work is still in copyright. um, So we administer licenses for the reproduction of images of his work and his written word. Now, Henry Henry Moore Studios and Gardens um, and the Henry Moore Institute in Leeds are all part of the Henry Moore Foundation, which Moore set up in 1977 to encourage public appreciation of the visual arts. Today, the foundation supports sculpture projects, runs an international program of exhibitions and research and preserves the legacy of of Henry Moore. We also fund a variety of sculpture projects through our grants and research programs. And we consider ourselves incredibly fortunate that Moore gifted the foundation with an extensive collection of his artworks, which regularly tour all over the world. And you might wonder how we managed to find ourselves in a sleepy hamlet in the middle of Hertfordshire Um, Moore and his wife Irina moved to um, Perry Green in 1940 when the street of their home and Moore's studio in Hampstead was bombed in the Blitz. Um, Over time, as they settled and the production of Moore's work increased, um, they purchased surrounding pockets of land, turning some of the buildings into studios and keeping others as accommodation for staff and his assistant and Moore's assistants. Henry Moore Studios and Gardens now covers more than 60 acres. We're open to the public from April to October and subject to the current restrictions. Visitors can see the artist studios, his family home and wander the sculpture gardens as well as discover different aspects of his work in our annual exhibitions. So how did you come to work for the Henry Moore Foundation? I have to say it was a very long time ago, back in the late 80s. Um, I was looking to change my career when I was offered a job as a general assistant in the office. And as part of that job, I assisted Moore's PA, Mrs Tinsley, um, the curatorial and um, the accounts department. And it was a really good introduction into um, file management as much as anything else. Um, Then later on, I was offered a position as PA to the curator. And um, I answered exhibition and image inquiries and liaise with venues hosting Henry Moore exhibitions. Um, 
there was a lot of um, archive material that needed um, to be sorted. Um, the, um, the offices were moved from Moore's home um, in the, when he set up the foundation in the 70s. So by the time I got there, they'd been in the office for about eight years. But the boxes of photographs and um, letters and other filing hadn't been sorted. So I started organizing that material um, and very, very quickly found myself looking after the image archive um, and learning about Moore's intellectual property within his work. Um, so as part of um, my job as um, um, the, the image archive manager, I researched um, and I researched images for publications, but um, in particular exhibition catalogues and some of our in-house publications about um, various aspects of Moore's work. Um, and I was responsible for administering licenses for the use of um, images, uh, quotes and excerpts of writings by Moore. <clears throat> um, and it was during that time I got a feel for the sheer size and scope of the image archive. Then later on in um, 2013, um, the archivist um, back then um, fell ill and I was able to um, lead a project to develop the Henry Moore archive. Um, we had our holdings by then um, in a, a three bedroom 1950s house um, with all the problems of humidity and temperature fluctuations. Um, the archive materials were and had been for many years spread across the estate in different buildings. And we were running out of space for the bibli bibliography collections. So um, we uh, put in for planning permission, which was approved um, in 2013. And um, as part of my new role, um, I planned and oversaw the pack up and safe storage of our holdings while the building was refurbished and extended. So we now have a beautiful modern building with climate controlled stores and a reading room with a wonderful view of the sculpture gardens. Um, I um, have also, um, and I have now recently qualified um, as an archivist. Fantastic. That sounds like a lovely place to work. I'm not surprised that you've worked there for so long. What type of other material do you have? Do you look after the sculptures or are they kind of out, outside of your remit? Is it mainly photogra uh, photography and sort of working papers that you deal with or what else is in the collection? Our department, um, which is Henry Moore Collections and Programmes, is responsible um, both for Moore's artworks and for the Henry Moore archive. So um, we have um, qu 
quite an extensive collection of books, um, which more collected and which were gifted and which we've received through copyright. So when we um, grant a publisher permission to reproduce an image of Moore's work or his word, um, we ask for two copies of that publication so that we can continue growing our archive and keeping it um, up to date. We also have 175,000 letters and documents which were collected during his working life. Um, these have all been digitised and um, they are searchable, which is um, absolutely amazing for being able to find information for researchers. In addition to our publications, we've got over 10,000 exhibition catalogues. Um, some of those are solo exhibitions um, and others are group exhibitions where Moore's work was displayed with others. Um, we also have a vast collection of sale catalogues and these are mainly Sotheby's and Christie's um, and they enable our curatorial team to um, keep um, a record of the provenance of Moore's works. So when they come up for sale, obviously thousands of them have been sold um, and we try and keep up to, up to date with sales so that when these works move on, we then have a, a, an idea of where they are. Um, we have 58,000 news articles. Um, these have been collected um, through a press agency or through various press agencies. Um, but Moore started a subscription with one in particular back in 1928 when he had his first solo exhibition at the Warren Gallery. Now, not all of the um, press coverage of that show was, um, uh, let's say, um, encouraging for Moore, um, but he kept everything and... Um, uh, we're very grateful to him that both good and bad has been um, preserved for future research. Um, we have one of the biggest parts of our collection is the photographic archive. So we have over 200,000 photographs, negatives and transparencies, which sounds an awful lot. But when you know how much work, how prolific Moore was as an artist, you can understand why we have so much. So in his lifetime, in his career, um, sort of which spanned over 60 years, he produced over 900 sculptures, um, 10,000 drawings and um, graphic works, um, as well as um, uh, a series of tapestries that he worked on with um, uh, Westin Studio. Um, and some textile designs as well. So um, thinking of the sculpture, um, we have photographs of most of his work from every angle that you can imagine and every stage of production. Um, and on top of that, we have quite an extensive biographical archive. So photographs of more with family and friends, working on the estate, looking after visitors at um, Perry Green, 
on exhibition um, and installing exhibitions. Um, so we we've started various um, or we've we have quite a lot of digitization programs underway, um, which means that our digital archive is 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 also growing um, and somewhere in the sort of half a million mark. Um, We've got um, a collection of film and audio um, recordings. Um, yes, and um, also um, quite an extensive exhibition poster collection, as well as Moore's own personal library, um, which um, we oversee on behalf of the, um, the artist family. Um, it's not owned by the foundation, but we look after it for them and um, a vast number of miscellaneous items, including um, rather bizarrely, a model of um, San Diego Zoo, which was made when Moore was um, uh, sort of due to a proposed exhibition that might have been there. So um, it, it's, it comes complete with um, penguins and a penguin pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's rather bizarre, but it's it's great fun um, and various um, textile items and merchandise items that have been made in conjunction with exhibitions and so on. So that's that's our collections. It's incredibly comprehensive. That really covers everything to do with the life of an artist. Who accesses the collection? Who do you get researching? Is it mainly art historians or do you get artists looking for inspiration? We do. Um, we, we, we have a lot of, um, we welcome a lot of students um, and art historians as well, students at all levels, writers, art historians, curators who are working on publications in conjunction with exhibitions. Um, we also um, help out auction houses and galleries if they have queries on Moore's works. And um, we do have artists who are interested in using Moore for inspiration. And, and we are hoping as part of our uh, research program to encourage artists to come to the archive more. Um, and, um, some of our biggest customers are the staff. Um, we're forever liaising with them over various different projects. So we have, um, with the curatorial team, we um, work with them on exhibitions, publications and presentations. Um, we also work with um, the marketing team um, on images and quotes and other material for press and publicity um, and anything else for the foundation's yearly program. Uh, we work with the enterprise team um, to help with imagery for new merchandise for our shop at Perry Green and in the past we've worked with some fashion houses um, uh, Paul Smith and Burberry, who were interested in um, using some of, some of Moore's work as inspiration for their um, fashion campaigns. 
So we have some examples of the clothes that they made from those campaigns. Wow. So you've spoken about some of the challenges that you've encountered over the years and, you know, building a, a temperature controlled um, facility and things like that. But what are your hopes for the future of the archive? Hopes for the future? Um, we, um, I want to progress with our digitization programs. Um, we um, started by um, addressing the most sensitive items. Um, Max Communications helped us with um, scanning some of those um, collections. Um, so we have um, digitized all of the biographical archive, um, all of our color transparencies and our glass negatives. Um, we still have, I think it's over 30,000 sculpture photographs. We have scanned a third of them, but we still have two thirds of them to scan. Um, and all of our exhibition photographs, we've scanned a few, but um, it's at the moment, it's more a supply and demand rather than actually um, sort of going through programs. Um, one of the first projects that I worked on, sort of archive projects, was to um, pull together all the information that we have on the drawings. So um, there are photographs and transparencies and negatives. There are, there's correspondence. Um, there were um, uh, catalog cards um, and um, sort of conservation reports. And I spent about six months making a folder for every single drawing and putting everything together. Um, now that we have our climate controlled stores, um, we have started pulling those apart and storing the various different materials in the right um, conditions. Um, so I'd like to complete that. Um, the big push always is to provide greater access to um, our publications and to our collections um, and to improve our online presence um, and also to encourage more research and more serious work, research into Henry Moore. We'd like to um, encourage a broad spectrum, um, not only thinking about him in isolation within the context of many of the varied histories of the 20th century. We're keen to work with scholars interested in fostering new perspectives on more, um, the period and the production of art, um, the critical reception and also exhibition histories of the time. Um, we, we definitely don't want to be too prescriptive about the direction that this will take. Um, and we're there to supply the resource, but not to prejudice the outcomes. Um, we're hoping to work with a number of universities and other organizations to, to create opportunities um, to undertake research. 
um, and also to point people towards the grants where funds have been allocated towards research conferences and publications. Um, we, we do um, work with Leeds, um, um, with our sister site, Henry Moore Institute in Leeds. Um, they already have quite an established fellowship program. And um, where um, when people um, approach them with a project which is fairly heavily more based, um, then we might share that fellowship. Um, so they might spend part of their time in Leeds and part of their time at Perry Green, um, which I think is really beneficial to both sides, to both of us and also to um, the participant. And I suppose lastly, before I, um, before lockdown, um, because I've worked for the foundation for quite a few years, I've built up quite a good relationships with um, people that knew more family, friends and associates. And I thought it would be good to record their thoughts and memories of more. Um, so I started um, an oral history program um, and obviously it has grounded to a halt um, over the last year, but I'm hoping to resume that very soon. Sounds like a really interesting project for sure. What is in such a large collection? You've mentioned this fascinating zoo model, but what is your most most interesting item what do you favor you must know the objects intimately what what really stirs some positive thoughts for you well i will always have a soft spot for the image archive um i um i know it so well and there are so many hidden stories there um who We've got so many mysteries to solve. Who was more with in some of the photographs? What was the occasion? Um, why was he in a certain place? Mostly we know, but there are some gaps. And I really want to encourage more um, research into that area. Also, Moore was an avid photographer, quite an accomplished photographer. And he photographed his work a lot, um, but he never signed his photographs. So um, there's a lost, lot of investigation there. Um, he didn't think it was important for people to know that, you know, that he took those photographs. Um, it was important to him to ensure that people saw his work in the way that he wanted them to see it. And I think he used photography as a medium to do that. Um, but I think really my favorite items in the archive at the moment are the office diaries. Um, these date back to 1955 when the office was in Moore's own home, Hoglands. And they are multi-layered. So when you look through the pages, um, there are <clears throat> family appointments. They are 
it's a real snapshot into what was going on in the estate at the time. So we've got um, movement of sculpture in and out of the estate. We've got visitors coming to see the moors, um, sort of artists, um, architects, um, actors, um, musicians, you know, all caliber of people visiting. Um, some of them who knew more better would more and Irina, his wife Irina better would come in the weekends. So they would be invited to tea on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and there are also um, sort of all of the exhibitions that were going on at the time and more traveling to other countries to open up exhibitions. It's all recorded on these diaries. Um, and at the moment we've digitized them, but we haven't cataloged them and they're not searchable. Um, so I, that's one of my, my big projects that I want to get into. Um, he was also um, fascinated. I mean, uh, he was part of a theater not a theatre group, but a, a sort of a theatre appreciation group. Um, and he, uh, nearly every week they were going to see a play or, a, you know, um, a, a, a music performance, um, going sort of to London or sort of elsewhere in the country. Um, so I'd like to um, record all of that and sort of make a kind of, mini story about that because I feel like um a lot of people might not know Henry Moore nowadays but he was he did move in sort of high circles uh, back in the day he was a very popular artist so yeah I'm sure there are some amazing stories to be told yes yes there are and a lot I think that would surprise people so I, I um yes I think um there is there is so much material and it's lovely to have so much material. And um, I um, am I'm hoping that when we can get back in, I'll have more time to sort of concentrate on those and to develop those. It sounds like you do fantastic work in the archive. Henry Moore was clearly very forward thinking, putting all this into place and making sure that people have such comprehensive um, access to all his work it's really interesting what you said about the photograph kind of seeing it as another person would I think that I've never really thought of that that way but you're right I think that that is a good way to kind of see it how an audience might see it so yeah I, you've definitely sold me on the photograph collection <laughs> have you reopened after lockdown now what can visitors expect from the Henry Moore Foundation well, um, Henry Moore Studios and Gardens is now open until the end of October and visitors can now enjoy the sculpture gardens, the artist studios and um, the Ard Barn, which is um, a 16th century barn, which houses a set of unique tapestries based on original drawings, which Moore commissioned from West Dean College in Sussex. Um, and there's also our new exhibition, this Living Hand, Edmund Deval presents Henry Moore, which explores the role of touch in the artist's sculpture. And later this summer, we hope to reopen Henry Moore's family home, Hoglands. And if you want to find out any more about visiting um, or to book tickets, 
Um, you can find all that information on our website, henry-moore.org. And you can also search the Henry Moore Archive Catalogue, which provides a detailed summary of our publications and notable exhibition catalogues, press coverage and film and audio recordings, as well as search the illustrated catalogue of Henry Moore artworks. All being well, the archive will reopen for research visits at the end of June, but in the meantime, if you have a research inquiry or wish to publish an image of Moore or his work, you can find um, my, my team's details on the archive pages of our website. It sounds like it'll be a lovely day out when it reopens fully. Yes, I'm, I'm just hoping that we're going to have a very good summer. That would be the best. Well, I think we all hope that, don't we? Yes. Well, that's definitely something to look forward to. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today, Emma. It's been a real pleasure hearing about the treasures that you've looked after for such a long period of time. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been lovely talking to you, Faith. Cheers. <laughs>